0: Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, for for joining us on this special Father's Day edition of the BWF Podcasts. And not only is it special because it's Father's Day, but we have special co-host Chris Burns joining myself and Patrick Conning this week.
1: How are you, Father?
2: The people love you already.
1: I'm I'm honored. I'm honored, truly, to be on. The number 29-ranked podcast, wrestling podcast in
2: Canada. There you go. At, at least the 29th, yes. Yeah, and I
1: would imagine you're, you're top 25 now. It has to be.
2: We got to be. You have to be by now. And Bish, how you doing, buddy? No, I'm doing
0: okay. Can't complain. Said to spend Father's Day here at my in-laws. Right now, I'm in the basement of their house as family arrived for a family dinner so if there's any ruckus in the background this week folks i do apologize it's dogs going crazy over other family members as they usually do
2: yes sir i uh, just finished my first weekend doing my radio gig so i was six hours uh and then came directly here to do another little bit and
0: yeah how's your gig going
2: it's good. I mean, they are all very much aware of this program. And I have today, actually, I mentioned in one of my hits that I was coming to record it. And the K-Rock audience and the pro wrestling audience, they're pretty much, you know, if each were a circle, you know, those Venn diagrams, it's just one circle.
1: Oh, really? So does, this mean, does this mean that the next time I'm in St. John's, I can hear the dulcet tones of one Patrick Conan on the radio? you sure well i mean
2: depending on depending on when you plan on coming but as of now if you were to come (laughs) tomorrow no but friday yeah for sure good to know so this week fellas we have
0: part one in a three-part podcast story arc we're starting with razor ramon this week we're gonna do a brief overview of his early career And we're going to watch the promos and everything that led up to the WrestleMania 10 ladder match with Shawn Michaels. Then next week, we're going to do something similar with Kevin Nash, which leads us to the formation of the NWO. So I cannot wait for these next few weeks of podcasts. It's going to be so good.
2: Absolutely. The, like the golden era for me personally, I am. I was saying to somebody the other day, it's like whatever wrestling you grow up on, like that magic that's there, no matter how good it goes later on in life, it's never as good as that period. No, nope, I agree. And
0: you were so kind uh, last week to let me go into the Jeff Jarrett China situation that I figured this would be a good little thank you gift because these these are your boys, you know, and I know how excited you're going to be uh, diving into all of this. You're yeah, goddamn right,
2: Bishop. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, is the greatest pro wrestler of all time. You want to talk about how important he is um, in terms of uh, his impact, his mind for the business, as they say, and also, yeah, just breaking through the pop culture. I think so, I think it was CM Punk last night came back and said, you don't know why I, who I am? <laughs> I don't fucking know what it is. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> What's the Scott Hall thing?
0: You don't know who I
2: or hey, sorry. Yo. Yeah, you got your fucked up now, yeah. Sorry. Uh, you you people you all know who
0: I am, but you don't, don't know why I'm here.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean he's still being quoted around uh all the time and you wanna talk Mount Rushmores, he's definitely on mine. I don't know chris if you happen to want to chat about uh <laughs> well things. you
1: know if we wanted i mean i'd be happy to give you my mount rushmore of wrestlers if that's what you're angling for uh, i think we can make that happen
2: yeah let's um, do it let's start it off this this is uh, just a sort of impromptu little sure. segment that maybe i got some music for chris's mount rushmore
1: <laughs> i like this
2: I would say that uh,
1: that Razor Ramon uh, almost makes the cut for me, but but fails to make my top five. And uh, you know, I think listening to the past few episodes or the past episodes, I would say that we're probably Aaron and I probably have a similar Rushmore. I think we started watching it around the same time, so that's probably why. But for me, I gotta go number one. HPK Shawn Michaels for me, absolutely my number one. Um, yeah, number two is gonna be uh, Mister Perfect. No doubt. Nice. Uh, number three will be Randy Savage, Macho Man, and number four is going to be the Hitman for sure, Brett the Hitman Hart, and then uh, number five.
2: No, it's only four. Come only on, four, that's, right, right. Oh. That's Mount Rushmore. All right, well, honorable mention then. <laughs> no, oh my God, subject. no, they, you can't do a Mount Rushmore and just keep on adding people on. It's I'm, I'm doing a
1: top five. I'm doing a top five. All right, so it's not even uh, Mount Rushmore. It's, well, top, five. So it's why, top It's, five. it's a, a, a Mount Rushmore plus one. If if, if number four, no, it day, doesn't happen. It's, it's not
2: that this guy comes on to our podcast says, "Hey, I want to do, <laughs> I want to do a Mount Rushmore," and now he's top five in us. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. I will leave it off. Who would have been though? Who was it? Five? Yeah, tell me. Jim I want to. So
1: it was it was hacksaw Jim Duggan, and this was before I realized how poisonous that level of American patriotism actually is. But uh, as a kid, you don't, you don't realize.
2: You're <laughs> male, right? That's what we're doing? Mailbag, yes, sir. Let's dig in. Listener mail, I should say.
0: Listener mailbag, yeah.
2: Another week of a lot of questions here. A lot of people saying that we're hitting our stride. We're getting more mail in the mailbag than ever before, Bishop. I don't know if they're hitting up you on your socials as much. Um, Not this week. No, Uh, that's unusual because, like I said, I could barely get to the bottom of it. But I did happen to find four questions for us to answer. And, of course, Chris, if you have anything to say about them, we invite you to also uh, chime in. And if not, that's okay. We have first question up. Here we go. Hi, champs. I know you don't follow current wrestling, so you might not be aware of this, but CM Punk came back to wrestling again on a new AEW wrestling program, again called Collision. What is your favorite CM Punk match or moment? You can say the Pipe Bomb promo, but I suspect you guys are more creative than that. All the best, Jack. Okay, I'll go first in this one. My favorite CM Punk, my favorite
0: moment was a match, and that would be against John Cena, Money in the Bank. When he was on the way out of the company, everybody thought he was going to lose. And then all of a sudden he beats John Cena one, two, three, clean in the middle of the ring and wins the championship. Takes the title belt, blows Vince
2: McMahon a kiss and goes through the crowd. Good stuff. I hate I hate to do this to you, but I got to uh
0: <laughs>
2: I gotta give you the crickets on that one. That's almost the same as saying that your favorite thing is the pipe bomb. It's all the summer of punk <laughs> stuff. I mean, I I was going to suggest to Jack that maybe he should also make that distinction, too. But I thought, you know what? I know Bish. Bish is a big SummerSlam guy. He's going to (laughs) go CM Punk Brock Lesnar, which I'm not going to go. I know. Chris, are you a big CM Punk guy? I guess you were probably Uh, not really watching the product during this time. I
1: definitely don't think I've seen him wrestle a match. So I'll have to say my favorite CM Punk match is when he got his ass choked out in his UFC debut.
2: Yeah, that's right. Good answer. (laughs) It is. Crowd's going wild. Chris, you are playing our audience like a fiddle right now. I've never seen them react so orgasmically to somebody's comments like this. It's really good. I have that effect. You got the touch, baby. That is a good one. His uh, UFC career was really, uh really poor, and he was crying in the ring and stuff like that. Really did a lot of harm to his brand and made me look like a fool to a bunch of my MMA guys who uh, knew that that was going to happen immediately. I like the uh, CM Punk Undertaker thing, and I kind of wish. And I heard actually that uh, CM Punk was pitched to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and you know, end the streak. And the Undertaker said, no, I don't want this guy to be doing it. They don't like each other. Punk didn't dress in suits or something like that. They they had beef backstage. I thought it would have been interesting and very controversial if the Undertaker's loss at WrestleMania was due to a disqualification, him being disqualified. Oh, my God. That would have
0: have triggered so many people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it
0: triggered people anyways, right? It did, it did, yeah. I'll never forget that, when he was pinned to the mat at WrestleMania 30. It was outside of a Chicago restaurant. Oh, my God. Watching it through uh, through a window, it was nuts.
2: Right. It, you were outside, was it Victoria's? Uh, it was, the, yeah, the wrestler were Victoria.
0: Um, she owned a restaurant in Chicago at the time, the Squared Circle. And hmm. it was so packed that me and my buddy, John King, we couldn't get in there for the first viewing of WrestleMania so we went across the street we bought a bunch of beer for probably the 20 people that were with us outside the restaurant and we all watched we all had paper cups that we passed around we all drank beer got married and we watched the pay-per-view and man when Brock Lesnar pinned Taker yeah I, I get goosebumps thinking about it this very day like everybody around us were speechless and like just I think the one guy next to me like eventually just started going no just like Michael Scott, you know, from the office. It's just one of those moments and like, oh no, people's hands were
2: on their heads, jaws
0: were on the ground. It
2: was I love that. Shocking. Shocking. That's awesome. actually I wasn't watching wrestling when that happened, so I only saw about it after after the fact. Wow, really. Yeah, so yeah, because you didn't get me back into it until SummerSlam of that year because of the Lesnar Cena match. I would become a lapsed fan since uh, since I moved to Ottawa and stuff, I find it interesting that you are responsible for both me and Chris getting into wrestling like you're a real, <laughs> you're a real son of a bitch.
1: I mean, he's got so much passion for the sport, you know, you buy into it.
2: Yeah, it's like a little cult leader and actually maybe someday we'll get into how close that was what's that he's never
1: managed to get me into to Star Trek even though he's he's got equal amounts of passion for that but it's true uh, it's a
2: good point same actually same I said it's still real to me damn it yes yes (laughs) on that note question two I'm just gonna read this one out you guys is so gay how gay are you and that's just the letter r and the little letter u and then it goes again so gay and that's from s sutton who i think wrote in before maybe in our first episode so i think what he is getting at bish and you know what i think chris you could even probably chime in on uh, this yeah. little one what's the gayest experience you've ever had
0: i think i could speak for both me and chris on this one and say that our gayest experience that we've ever had Was when you kissed us on the lips last year, son of a bitch. Um,
1: and who me
2: gave us us all COVID? Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Honest to God, honest to God, don't remember it. That's the very. That's the first I've heard of this. Wow, Uh, sir.
0: Wow, we've had many conversations about this since that day. Yeah, we were inside our hotel room door, and you literally went to both of us, grabbed us around her face is at her neck and give us big wet sloppy kiss on the lips and say here you go
2: yep. <laughs> and then he and Bernie
0: both end up getting COVID and brought it back home
2: <laughs> wow yeah. well okay you can't blame me uh, Barnes. you can blame me for getting COVID Bishop you got COVID the same place I got COVID and it was that prostitute that we got on the old strip, okay? Uh wow. No, you you blew my mind. I I honest to god don't remember that. That's kind of crazy. You're uh you're blowing my mind. It was a it was a huge relapse. Um so I don't remember a whole lot. I remember I stole somebody's uh, flip-flops after my shoes got stolen. That's one yes. of the takeaways that I remember. They were
1: from- uh they were Drake
2: range tra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right moving on i didn't expect that question to turn on me like that
0: <laughs> no no you have to answer the question now your that turn. was also
2: the gayest experience i've ever had <laughs> there
0: you <go>. Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> wow i hope that's the gayest experience i ever had that was what i've forgotten next question hi lads ever since triple h took over for vince the storylines are so much better the bloodline storyline is the best. Each week is a new twist and turn and they plotted it out so perfectly. I don't even know how anyone could think that there's ever been a storyline in the history of wrestling that is better than this one. But if you guys do, what is it? And that's Aaron Heislop from uh, Toronto Bish, Chris, favorite storyline in wrestling. Wow.
1: You know, I don't think I can, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question, but I will say one thing. Vince McMahon is the funniest motherfucker that lives <laughs> to this day. Every, yeah. every time I see that man, you know, do a spot, it's, uh, sorry, If you, there's no way that, that Triple H is better than Vince McMahon.
2: I, I I agree with you. I disagree with everything that that letter said, actually. um, I, I love Vince. I love Vince now that he's got the little mustache and the dyed black hair. He looks like Gomez Adams. <laughs> he's hitting his stride.
0: Uh, Bish, what do you got? I got a couple. I love the Mega Powers, obviously. I love Taker and Kane. That might be... I think Taker okay. versus Kane. I think that storyline is probably the greatest storyline in wrestling history. But my personal favorite is Jake's, Jake Roberts and Macho Man, where Jake was uh, taking the Cobra and he had the Cobra bite Macho Man in the arm while he's tied up in the ropes. And then Jake was slapping around Elizabeth. All that good shit. Should've, at their wedding. Had a, had a cobra you know in in the wedding gifts <laughs> you yeah.
1: know like yeah that's, oh man that's I'm, that's I, I, you know what i'm remembering that now yeah i'm gonna second that that was genius
2: that's yeah that is one of the sort of quintessential storylines for sure we should uh look at that i i i love jake i think the undertaker yeah the undertaker got mixed up in all, all that and uh yeah it was good wow I don't have an answer prepared for this. I think I would probably say what we're doing this week. I like uh, the build up to uh, WrestleMania 10 between Sean and Razor and the double belts and who's the real champion. Everybody has sort of a legitimate to the point. Queen. Yes, exactly. So that's just off the top of my head. I, you know, I mean, these questions come in at me a mile a minute. I don't have a time to prepare. But you know what else? Bam Bam Bigelow and and Lawrence Taylor is also a really good that was story. Good stuff, too, though. So I'm going to give you my,
1: just my favorite wrestling moment, period. and Because I don't remember a lot of the details of the storyline leading up to it and all that stuff. I'm sure it was great, though. But it has to be for me when Shawn Michaels kicks Marty Jannetty through Brutus Beefcake's fucking barbershop window. Amazing.
0: Now, Chris, did you happen to hear our episode a few weeks ago on this topic? And we actually listened to this whole segment
1: no, uh, unfortunately I'm a, I'm a, a fair weather fan at best. I think I've listened to every other episode you guys have put out.
2: What was that right. that would have been uh 96 HBK part 1. Hey, one of one of our great ones. Probably one of our greatest episodes, I got to say. Well, that definitely uh, all is right. the top. Well, I'm going to go back and listen to that then. I really I definitely think it's top
0: 10, yeah. Sorry. sure, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, from my understanding it even has uh, international appeal, isn't that right, Bish? it does people are actually
0: listening from the united kingdom from france uh the united states and canada like it is crazy so if you are one of those fans right now listening in thank you so much we do appreciate your time to discover
2: us and listen to us and i see you i notice so thank you he does and speaking of which, we got a letter. Maybe it's one of these guys. I guess it would have to be. I don't know. We are in the top 30, so I'd imagine. Guys, you are talking about Psycho Sid and Vader and saying they should be in the Hall of Fame. And, of course, they should be. But the Hall of Fame sucks. Even if you guys take away all the celebrities and the warrior nonsense stuff, there is still more wrestlers in the Hall of Fame that shouldn't be there than the ones that deserve it. It's so frustrating. I hate WWE. Oliver. From Britain. Not a fan of periods.
0: 100%. Correct. You agree? You agree?
2: I think Um, what he's getting at is
0: a round of applause. And I'm telling you right right. now, the first one that comes off the mind, I'm not even have to think.
1: Okay. All right. Hold on. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Coco Beware. Yeah.
1: That man's in the Hall of Fame? That man's in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right, though. Coco, beware, never won anything, was never in a good match. He had the bird, the parrot. That's I pretty guess. much the only thing. So that's sort of where my mind goes as well when somebody says, should so-and-so be in the Hall of Fame? I'm like, if Coco beware.
0: Yeah. like He has no, no accomplishments. You're right. So like, yeah. why would anybody with zero accomplishments be in the Hall of Fame? It makes no sense to me
2: anyways that's this week's mailbag thank you for writing in (laughs) don't forget to write in oh my god no don't forget to uh, write in bwfpodcasts at gmail.com bish actually Chris why don't you say it to the viewers one more time how do they email us
1: that's bwfpodcasts at gmail.com podcast with an s that's confusing for some people (laughs) He does listen. <laughs>
2: well, somebody for some reason already has BWF podcast singular. And I. Well,
1: there's a lot of BWF podcasts out there, actually.
0: And one is actually called The Board Wrestling Fan.
2: All right. Gosh, listen. Forget all that nonsense. Forget but I, I also sense. saw that too. It doesn't
0: exist. It's just us. We're the only BWF podcast that exists for wrestling. <laughs> People oh,
2: wow. have been asking me what the BWF stands for. And. Um, I got to say, Bish, you're the one that that pitched this, and it's really, uh, you know, sort of uh, stroking your ego, because it's the Bishop Wrestling Federation podcast. Steve,
1: now, I, I was under the impression, until he told me that, I was under the impression that it was the Basement Wrestling Federation. Mm.
0: And honestly, up until until Conan told me, or said to me before we started this podcast, that he, that he called it the Bishop wrestling federation. I've always called it the basement wrestling federation from like our days. So I always assumed it was the basement. I guess you've always assumed it was the Bishop, but I, I, i like to think it's, it's the basement because then it you know, in
2: involves all of us and not just me.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. I
2: don't know. We'll have to go back and look at those matches and see Ooh, if it was ever stated out loud.
1: I definitely wouldn't have uh dedicated, design resources to such an ego stroke as the Bishop (laughs) Wrestling Federation.
2: He acts like he's all sweet and innocent, right? Like, oh, we could do Razor as a thank you for letting me do mine, but he's like (laughs) the podcast named after me. (laughs) This is the Bishop Show. (laughs) All right. And with that, uh, let's move on to uh, I think everybody else's actual favorite uh, my least favorite everybody else's favorite it's the uh game show that's sweeping the nation it's just bishop trivia i guess we might as well call that bishop trivia the main event is called bishop masterpiece or whatever it's fucking bishop everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah there's a real trend, a- trend here yeah <laughs> uh, and it really you know pat it really downplays your involvement in the show i really- i'm feeling that now too because you know who's doing the heavy lifting here really right we don't want
2: to we don't need the audience <laughs> to see how the sausage is made okay
1: yeah all right fair enough
2: <laughs> but you know, i mean bishop is fine-tuning those episodes uh, a lot of the time we'll record for about three hours and it's a mess and then bishop gets it down to a minute uh, to an hour 45 and it's like smooth as butter
0: smooth as butter yes don't hate the player hate the game right
2: <laughs> so uh we are on the march for bishop to get to 100 points so i get him a wrestling what is it again bish a loot crate a merch crate, <laughs> pro, wrestling
0: crate. <laughs> pro wrestling crate
2: it's what okay. it is
0: pro wrestling crate it's <laughs> okay
1: and and what is in that what is a
2: pro i don't know it's gonna be like a big surprise i guess we just order it and they send it to oh us. it's, like, it's one like one of those stickers uh, mystery it's bags my- Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. so this is one of those mystery crates, exactly. Yeah, they you can know, order online for
1: whatever you're into, Star Trek, um, Battlestar Galactica, you know, all that good shit, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, like really when you went to Needs Convenience as a kid and got that little white baggie with the elephant on it, right? You oh yeah. You're oh yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah, the mystery right. loots That's
2: right. Yeah. So Bishop last week, after a blitz got into the 50s thank god we are more than halfway done he's got 55 points the march the trudge to 100 continues on this started on episode uh, like two did it bish or what like so we've been doing this for about 10 weeks i would say that for 55 questions he's got right he's taken 55 shots that he's gotten wrong (laughs) at least because chris is our special guest this week we have Left it to Chris to come up with some trivia questions for Bishop, and we'll get to that right now. For every question uh, Bish gets right, it's a point. Although Chris might have some follow-ups, and we'll just keep on adding the points, guys. we got to get to 100 by, I don't know, July. Let's hope for July. And then, and then for everyone that he gets wrong, he's going to be gurgling a shot. What do you got this week, Bish? Jack Daniels, straight up. Chris, take it away. All right. yeah i'll be doing that heads up
1: that's fine yeah so you guys focus usually a lot on match specific type stuff so i went a little bit a little bit more abstract with the trivia uh, my trivia questions but they're all related to our favorite wrestlers so question number one mr bishop the macho man randy savage originally started his athletic career in baseball which two major league teams did randy play affiliated ball for in his brief baseball career. Cincinnati Reds was one. Shit, I
0: wasn't really aware that he played for two. So, but maybe the Chicago White Sox?
1: Incorrect. Incorrect. No, I got one two. Now, my follow-up question was going to be, because I was going to, I assumed you were going to get this right. So I'm pretty disappointed. And my follow-up question was going to be, which team originally signed him? The Reds. Yeah no (laughs) No. (laughs) why why would I why would I lead into that if you only had one
2: (laughs) you're seeing seeing the hell that has been my life Chris for the last 10 weeks Uh, haven't you had a shot yet
1: guys (laughs) it was the St. Louis Cardinals the Cardinals the Cardinals originally signed Mr. Randy Paffo out of high school as a catcher but he spent most of his four-year career playing uh, in the outfield uh, with both the Cards and the Reds system.
2: So what do you think? Should Bishop get one point for the one team that he got right? Oh, my God. This is punishing me. (laughs) All right, moving on. Here's. Oh, sorry. I forgot about the shooting. And, And the gargling. I can't really hear the gargle this week. (laughs)
0: Oh, Jack Daniels. Yeah,
2: that's uh that's actually what they used to make the wrestlers uh, gargle was JD. We should have really do this that's from the start. That's yeah. why I grabbed it. What are you chasing there this week? Just a Diet Pepsi. Nice classic. Oh, All right. Zero for one. Here we go. Question two. All right,
1: throwing it back to last episode. China, the ninth wonder of the world also had some success in the adult film industry. How many adult films did China make?
0: Oh my God, there's more than one? Oh my God. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So I only know of the one night in China.
1: So I'm just going to say one. She made six, sir. Wow, um, I'm, I made, didn't even know that Wow! She made six adult films winning two AVN awards in the process, believe it or no, not No, she did, not. did She did, and I was going to give you a bonus question of what characters did she play in her films uh, No <laughs> <laughs> uh, Basically she played herself uh, and then in two films that were parodies of, of superhero movies she played the She-Hulk My greasy god
2: well, uh-huh. I, I'm learning a little bit here too. I, six is just crazy. No wonder they won't put That's, it in the hall. No, of Fame. I, 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 I was surprised. surprised. I was surprised. Yeah. One you could get away with and be put in the hall. <laughs> but yeah, but six. six. <laughs> now, I was just thinking, is like, is is that worse? Like, would you put Chris Benoit in before China at this point, or? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no. So does that then, does that exclude X-Pac from from being in the Hall of Fame? Uh, X-Pac yeah. Of Fame. If he isn't? Well, well, then then I'm twice. sorry. So you're yeah. allowed one porn, but not six? I think once you cross the line, you've crossed the line.
2: Well, I don't think, I think you're right there, but I don't think that X-Pac will ever be in as a solo guy, you know?
0: No. Don Walton, one, two, three kid. He's just a, um, a groupie. Cheers. <laughs>
2: that's so gross man have you been doing any drinking before you started the show today bish No. okay good man good man nice how's that going down for you yeah it's that's a punishment now you remember that this is your only can of chaser as well right No, I'm trying to keep it keep it easy, but Ooh, I didn't know that was a rule. Yeah, we started that last week. I don't know. Did we say that on air? I can't remember if we said it on air or not. Uh, It made the cut. It made the cut, yeah. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Here we go. Question three. All right,
1: question three. In which American town is Hulk Hogan's restaurant located? Tampa. Wrong. What the fuck? (laughs) The answer is Clearwater, Florida. So you're close in that it is in and around the Tampa area. It's spring training baseball area, but he, his restaurant is in Clearwater. I've actually been there. How is it? (laughs) Um, Food's shit, but it was fun to, you know, see the memorabilia (laughs) and all that stuff. Right. I saw some, some Thunderlips gear and all that stuff and it was kind of cool.
2: Nice. I wonder if it's as bad as his uh, pasta place. Pastomania. i didn't past-a-mania. know
1: there was a pastamania
2: there was yeah in the uh, mall of america when he was in wcw all right did not look good here we go
1: <laughs> wow this is uh i think the next two are more in your wheelhouse bishop and and i feel bad for starting you off with uh
2: This is the worst start he's ever had. I don't he's gotten two, his first two wrong, I think, but never has he gone zero for three. He was so confident
1: in that Tampa too. Tampa.
2: I know those are those are the best ones. (laughs) 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 All right. Question
1: four. Number four. Who was the first wrestler to defeat Mr. Perfect? As his character, Mr. Perfect.
0: Brutus the fucking barber beefcake,
1: wrong, no wrong. What do you mean you are, wrong? You are incorrect. That was the first televised match, but Hogan pinned him in a house show in Austin, Texas, the year before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Such a <an> mess. <asshole. laughs>
1: I knew I was going to get you on that. But you are correct that on TV, WrestleMania six, Brutus did that was the first televised loss of Perfect's career. All so right. I don't. I'll leave that to Pat. I'll leave that to Pat oh, to second. judge whether. He
2: oh it. no no he's got a yeah he got it wrong he got it more <laughs> wrong than the first question you asked him so. Oh for four. <laughs>
0: uh, oh buddy, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, he's shaking his head no. (laughs) He's taking a couple of sips out of that can. Oh 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 man. I think we're gonna get to a point where he's gonna run out of how much do you got left in that chaser?
0: I'm doing actually really good on it. I'm just taking baby sips
1: baby swallies okay okay i hope you had some easy questions in your list today pat because this is uh, (laughs) looking pretty rough for the mr bish
2: it it is yeah i mean he might get shut out here i'm gonna be doing a theme song so hopefully he'll be good with that i do appreciate that
0: last question though chris that was a really good question that was really good Thank
1: thank you very much i did some i did some research in that in those 20 minutes that i had before the show
2: You do it twenty minutes beforehand. I'm like all week long going like, what's the fucking deal going to be this week?
1: Well, I mean, as we established earlier, I only knew that I was or you know, I know that you told me beforehand, but I only knew an hour before that uh, this was a thing. So, um, great job. Here we go. Question five. All right, this one I feel like this is this is going to be one for you, Uh In the fall of 1996. Another Mr. Perfect question. Mr. Perfect, now a color commentator costs this man the WWF intercontinental title. Who was it? Marvelous, Mark Merrill. Correct. Fuck it. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> you know well, what? I... That is the only question on my list that I just copied and pasted from somewhere else. So that's <laughs> that's why. This is the standard that you set. When you, when you do a little research, you stump the bish.
2: Yeah yeah i know and see that's the thing too is that I, there are ways if we just I, I i need him to finish this is the thing we got to get to hundred, and so this yeah, is why i can't yeah. just go like you know it trick him all the time and so i i've I, last week we did uh who were the champions at the end of 2003 which he had said the previous week was his favorite fucking year in the business and he <laughs> Hey, oh, my God. Anyways, it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to be. I was, like, giving a points left, right, and center. Anyways, I love you, Bish. But this has turned know. into my, uh, like, I'm a, I'm a prisoner in my uh, own making. Right? Something like that. Oh, no. All right. I'll be, so, of, I'll be better, boys. <laughs> yeah. Maybe do a little studying. Yeah, maybe. And and at the end of this travesty of his march, <laughs> 200 he gets a fucking prize
1: yeah i don't know i don't know i'd be reevaluating this uh this scheme here but
2: it is a scheme this whole thing is a scheme now that you're putting it out it's the bwf podcast he's winning the prize that i'm buying for him and if he gets a question wrong then he gets drunk
1: yeah and he's and and the more that i watch this the more he's actually enjoying getting drunk so yeah uh
2: it's not yeah I don't know. We'll have to figure out what's coming up next. I I know that he's got his heart set on going to the SummerSlam in Detroit. I think if he's gonna end up doing that, he's gonna have to to pay the piper.
1: That might be a pipe dream at this point. Um, we won't (laughs) we won't we won't get into to Bishop's (laughs) work failings, but I mean
2: Straight up failings. Wow, <laughs> this is good. This is good podcasting here. We should do bishops. Uh, we should do bishops. What is it? Five, six month evaluation review. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And I'm, I'm also, you know, just if, while we're spitballing ideas here, guys. Uh, what about you know, if he gets more than X number of questions wrong in an episode, there's some sort of humiliation that has to be done the next episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I
1: agree. All right. Okay. I'll leave it to you to to come up with parameters, but I think it's a good idea. (laughs) It's
2: a good suggestion. It (laughs) is very good. All right. All right, now we're going into the second part of this where it's going to be one second that Bishop gets to hear from a theme song, and then he guesses what it is. Again, this is the first time that we've really done this, so I'm going to play them, like, about a second, stop it, and then I guess, what, if you uh, if you get it after one second, I'll give you five points. And then for every additional second, it's one less point. Fair enough. And then if Fair you enough. don't get it, you're gargling a shot. Okay? You got it. Here we go. Question one. Song one.
0: Did you hear that? And this is from the years 1984 to 2008, 2009 yes it is yeah yeah okay i'm gonna say oh okay how many guesses do i get one one yeah. one guess huh? yeah all right i'll need two seconds keep it going
2: He's his hands are up. He's stumped.
1: <laughs> it's,
2: it's not Sean O'Hare. No, it's not. Okay, here's some more. There you go. Now kicked in there. And this is WWF? It is, yeah. It's a chick. It's a chick in the early 90s in WWF?
0: What the shit?
2: Um, there's so like the women's two. Women's- there's two, bishop. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <And this laughs> is
0: it. so here's my here's my thinking process here now. So the women's division was dead for years until 1994, five in that era. Uh It's not Alondra Blaze. That's not her music. So I'm going to say it was probably her nemesis, Aja Khan. <laughs>
2: It's a laundry Blaze. Oh, it's not Blaze. It is, it is. I don't know, I can't show you the thing, but yeah, it's oh. her very first one.
0: Oh. Okay, okay.
2: And I believe it's the one that they played for her uh, Hall of Fame, it's saying here too. Good one, cheers. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the fifth shot. Yes. Okay. All right. We're back at five points here. Here it is. Uh, theme song number 2.
0: Okay. I know this one more. Okay. Okay. So five
2: this points if you guess it right now
0: is 1996 era sunny no 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 strict and record it's um oh my God I don't play some more going down to four points yeah I know this one I know <laughs> I know this one Bishop racking this one is going to come to me. it's, it's gonna to come to me do I get any hints is there a multiple choice even like even between like three people or something or no, or five?
2: <laughs> I'll uh, tell you that it is before 1996. It's a male wrestler. Yeah. We've talked about this wrestler today.
0: One, two, three, kid.
2: Yes, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Three points. Here we go with the next one. Psycho Sid. No, Adam bomb. Fuck! <laughs> that is the ringmaster theme.
0: Oh, ringmaster. Damn, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> it really did sound like Psycho Sid.
2: I know, I know, but I wouldn't have played that one. That's way too recognizable. And and one of my favorites, actually. Okay, so that was shot number six. We are (laughs) (laughs) He is. uh, That fresh Jack Daniels is really going down to the bottom on this one. Here we go. Another. uh, Another. I, I don't know. I think these are all easy, but here we go. The Hollies hardcore holly okay yes that's five points here we go five points the model rick martell oh my god yes that's great yes <laughs> all right here we go we can do this all day out oh. oh shit
0: Dad, dad. Is dad. Oh, my
1: God, yes.
0: Dad.
1: He's on a streak. He's on a streak, racking up the points.
2: Folks, we might finish it off this week. Let's see. I got two more for you. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Now, Bishop's record for shots in an episode is seven, and you're at six now. Okay. Shoot the dumpster, Josie. Yeah, I forgot about the fucking beeping in that. <laughs> you can give me another one if you want no 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 fair's fair and here's the last one mankind mcfoley i thought i was gonna get you with that razor one same thing all right bish so you uh stop at six shots And you're not going to believe this. You are at 84 points now. So I think that means that next week we're done with the Jack Daniels and we go on to the specialty liqueur. You got it there now. (laughs) Dill pickle vodka. Unbelievable. The things they'll do. (laughs) Uh, Have you smelt it or anything yet? It's, uh, It's unopened,
0: is it? It says good for Caesar's, so I can only imagine the fucking pickled. Oh, it's gonna be so gross.
2: Well, I am very happy with what happened today. The brine, today. Oh, the, brine. Yeah, the, brine the brine, yes, sir. You got, uh, you got to drink a fair bit, and then I also racked up those points. So uh, I gotta say, overall, Chris, it's been a great experience uh, having you do these questions.
1: I enjoyed doing it. Thanks, Pat.
2: There's nothing I like more than
1: uh, than watching Bish suffer just a little bit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we got to figure out now what yeah what the what we'll do for this humiliation and what was the pitch again that if he gets a certain amount wrong. Yeah, in, in one
1: episode, if he gets a certain amount wrong, or I guess in in this case, if he takes x number of shots let's call it six or more then uh, humiliation must follow the next week
2: yeah i think that's fair and i think six is probably a good five or six probably a good one five or six yeah yeah okay well let's say five let's just say five so next week is going to next week is going to be a very interesting episode in terms yeah a lot on the line finally we should have chris in here from the beginning
0: Chris, thank you so much for joining us this week. Tribute questions were really, really good.
2: Um, you got me, goddamn. But yeah. You got, you got Bishop drunk and now you're just leaving them to me. This is a nightmare. It continues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're welcome on the show anytime that, that you want, my friend. It was good having you on. Thank you for joining I've, us.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'd come back anytime and I will, uh, I'll be sure to be able to stay a little longer next time. But thanks very much for having me and, and uh, see you later, guys. See you, buddy. Thanks for coming out.
2: For so hi to you, Mike. What'd you say? Say hi to your wife for me. Yeah. That's <laughs> an <it> appropriate bishop. <laughs> he knows what it means. <laughs> and now with that we move on to our uh, main event, the Bishop Peace Theater, or still haven't come up with another name for it yet, but surely Bishop will be involved in the name somehow to oh, go along Lord. with our brand. All right, so, Bish, this week we are talking about The uh, Click and their first storyline together, which uh, comes into play with the beginnings of the bad guy, Razor Ramon. So what can you tell us about uh, Mr. Scott Oliver Hall?
0: Scott Hall, this young man, uh, he used to be a bouncer at a bar and unfortunately he had an incident in his early years i think he was like 18 19 20 years old uh there's an incident in the parking lot where he actually shot a man and killed him he was acquitted of all charges here you go bang! but uh he was acquitted of all charges and unfortunately it was something that he had to carry around for the rest of his life which led to his subsequent drug and alcohol abuse but the man himself, um, shortly after this, was grocery shopping, and he ran into Barry Windham. Very famous NWA superstar, champion, Barry Windham. Part of the oh, Four Horsemen. Oh, oh right. <laughs> yes, the ugly one. Sorry, go on. <laughs> the ugly Four Horsemen, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the only Texan in the group were the chaps, so the rest of them were wearing suits and, uh, you know, Rolex watches, and this guy's rolling up in chaps and in a cowboy hat spitting in a platoon, so yeah. Very, Hilarious. very weird. Yeah, very weird for the four horsemen. I guess it fits the name.
2: Get... I yeah, he got it he got it wrong, right? He didn't understand what the whole deal was. He thought that he was going to be in a like cowboy gang. Exactly. It's the
0: four horsemen of the apocalypse, not literal four
2: horsemen. What a what a jokester. So Scott shows up to the AWA. I know that he gets befriended by Kurt Hanning, and Scott shows up. He looks a lot like Magnum T A. He's got like the you know, bushy, full curly hair. He doesn't look anything like what we would come to know him by. He's got the big mustache. He's a big thick boy too. He's like not nearly He's as like slim. That. And then he goes to WCW and he gets, um, you know, Vince always says that he, you know, was the creator of the Razor Ramon gimmick. But when he goes to WCW, he's there as the Diamond Stud and he meets up with Diamond Dallas Page. They become lifelong friends. And a lot of the characteristics that you would see in Razor Ramon, I think, were developed in WCW when he was the Diamond Stud.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the, the hair. Uh, you know, he had that the hair slicked back and just that one little piece of hair down the middle, twirled down the middle of his forehead. That was a diamond stud that originated down there. He
2: had the um, toothpick. The you know, toothpick.
0: I, yes. yeah.
2: when, when I first moved to Gander, I even though I never had that hairstyle, never had the right hair, I would go to Gander Academy with my hair slicked back with the curl going down the middle of my forehead. Nobody got it, though. They thought I was playing this guy Snook.
0: <laughs> Snook.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's also from gander so yeah the curl was uh, was uh quintessentials razor ramon absolutely so he goes and... to w so he goes to wwf after a little stint and he has this famous meeting with vince where vince has no idea who scarface is
0: exactly vince didn't really know what to do with with scott hall like he heard a lot of good things about him he's seen some tape and he's like i don't know really what to do with you what kind of character you want you want to portray Scott Hall went to Vince and said, I can do like a Scarface character. Vince McMahon was like, what the fuck is Scarface? (laughs) So Scott Hall on the spot did his best Scarface impersonation and Vince loved it. Absolutely loved it. So they named this man Razor Ramon and he was the bad guy from Miami and he did not fuck with him, Chico.
2: He Yes, exactly. And so Vince loves him. He puts a pile of money behind him and is one of the guys that gets these kind of promos done, right?
0: I love these promos back in the day. I wish they did more of these now to really introduce a character before we see them on screen wrestling. Uh, This really gets the audience to get emotionally invested into these type of characters. And these were entertaining skits, promos, whatever you want to call them. They were awesome and i do believe we have one or two that we can watch here now
2: the way that scott tells the story is that they would back in the day it would just be kind of vince and a camera guy they wouldn't get any they wouldn't get any permits or anything and they would just go uh, and start shooting and no script and uh, develop the character and then there ladies and gentlemen to a cuban immigrant an individual who apparently feels as though the streets
1: of america are paved with gold here is razor ramon I remember this like it was yesterday. Ramon. Razor Ramon. I call
0: from the gutter. I know that.
1: I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look at the gold. Look at my clothes. I'm a success.
0: Rated gold chains in his suit. I'm
1: coming to the WWF.
0: All I want is what I got coming to me. The
2: world, Chico. Everything in it. Like blatant Scarface. It perfect. It yeah. perfect. Yeah. And so, yeah, unapologetically, he was uh, doing this q And like Scott Hall it goes without saying, it's not Cuban. He does not talk like that, but he pulled it off. I never, I mean, this is also a time when Yokozuna is Polynesian uh, in reality, but is playing a Japanese man on television. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back at this time, the WWE didn't have any problems with uh, switching over your race. And in some ways, they were uh, setting a trend that we see this day and so uh scott comes out he's got the chains that he would take off his uh, around his neck and he would hand it to the valet outside of the ring and say something happens to these something gonna happen to you and would flick this yes. toothpick right in their stupid face so he comes in and he's got these promos and he's given the push he's immediately put into a main event program and what is that program so they
0: originally start off by throwing him into the mix with Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair as they are feuding with Randy Macho Man Savage and the Ultimate Warrior, and Randy uh, is the champion at this point in time too, Randy right? He's champion at this point too. Yes, exactly. And what they're really starting to do is lead into like a Macho Man versus Razor Ramon feud, you know, the Macho Man versus uh, the oozing Machismo kind of thing. And yeah, so Razor Ramon actually costs the Macho Man his WWF championship against Ric Flair.
2: Yeah, this is interesting. I never really knew this, but this is how the belt gets off of Macho Man from Mania Eight, right? Yeah. And yeah. gets to Rick, which will eventually get to Brett, but this is how it happens. Man, there's no business down the ringside. You go 'em. I'm a broadcast. Bernie Andy's knee is bad, it's given out. And this is on um, primetime time wrestling. So, again, they're just... Beautiful <laughs> wrestling move. Beautiful <laughs> you agree? To the So, uh, Randy is holding his knee outside. They're just throwing away the, the, these title matches on free TV in
0: 1992. Yeah, I guess they're trying to get the ratings up, and here comes Razor Ramon. He kicks the leg
2: out of Macho Man. I always loved Razor's gear. I thought that his oh, yeah. stuff was so cool and the different colors, but this is kind of the quintessential Razor Ramon look with the black trunks and the gold vest. Razor Ramon on the back. Yeah, yeah. he said he got that gold vest. He
0: got gold chains draped around his neck. He got toothpick in his ear, toothpick in his, in his mouth. He got his hair slicked back, that curl on the front. He's got a picture of a razor blade on his black trunks. I mean, it's yeah. really, really good. Shit.
2: He did. He would do this in all sorts of colors, too. So anyways, Rick puts the figure four on Randy. Randy passes out instead of gives up. And, and then uh, you got Ric Flair with the championship and the program continues into so this is september they go into survivor series and it's just a mess really because the program that they have built building up from the inception is just like guys are leaving guys are being replaced yeah
0: so about- the original plan was supposed to be macho man and the ultimate warrior versus rick flair and razor ramon with mr perfect in their corner but Ultimate Warrior ends up getting fired just a couple weeks before the pay-per-view and because of the steroid thing going on and just because he's no-showing, he just, Warrior's a fucking hot mess at this point. And so he's just better off just to get rid of him. So now the main event is the Macho Man and Mr. Perfect, who turns on Razor Ramon and Ric Flair and Bobby DeBrain Heenan to go against Razor and Flair in the pay-per-view. It's a lackluster tag team match. Nothing of note happened. I can't even tell you who won, honestly. Right now, I
2: yeah, I don't know either. I think, I jeez, I wouldn't even be able to say. I, I would imagine that it would have to have been the heels because Ramon goes on to the Royal Rumble to face the champion in, I think, his only world title match in the WWF. Certainly, um, his only pay per view match for the world Incredible. title. I didn't think about that. Wow yeah i mean the thing about scott hall is that he was uh he was a guy that was content like he um you know a lot of people are like oh you know his demons got the best of them he was never a world champion but hear him in interviews he didn't want to be that guy he didn't want to be the face he was happy being kind of the baby face gatekeeper in the uh in the main event so they'd go to you know they'd start off with Sean Waltman and if somebody did good enough with Sean they'd go up to Razor and then go on to either Nash or to Shawn Michaels
0: yeah go through the ranks
2: yeah, and which is unusual because everybody also says that Scott Hall has such a mind for the business. So it wasn't like he didn't care. He, you know, would talk and understand the business so much, but for whatever reason, it was just never he was not like Bret Hart where it was important to him to have that world title.
0: Well, but he was making money, he was famous, you know, and he probably didn't have to do any of the hard hard work, you know, that the champions have to do on a daily grind. So
2: Yeah. So but speaking of Brett, uh, they would start a program uh, that would begin with uh, Scott Hall picking on Owen. And then that would result in a program between Brett and Razor, kind of a quick program, you know, in between the Shawn Michaels at uh, Survivor Series match, and then Brett would go on to uh, feud with Yoko after this. You just sort of have this Ramon feud that's uh, kind of a one-off, no-return match, decisive ending at the Royal Rumble. Now, I have uh, mixed feelings about this match. Razor's in his best gear, as far as I'm concerned, which is the blood-red Razor Ramon gear. I love that. He, uh, you know, would rarely wear it, but I think that's my favorite of his. And it is a really good match. I've never watched the end of this match because I, I and I think I might have said this before. I don't watch matches where Razor loses. Really? And, I'm not ch- and I'm not changing that today, Bish. So you could go ahead and you can watch the finish of this match now. I got to queue it up for three minutes and you could go and talk to yourself because I ain't watching that shit. So you ready? I'm leaving the room. You ready? I got this.
0: You're not leaving the room. You can give it up. Folks, he's actually leaving the room. He's gone. He can't see his hero get beaten. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's actually leaving. He's closing the door. Oh, my God. So after a failed pin attempt, Bret Hart is wrapping Razor Ramon's legs up. He turns him over, and he's now putting Ramon into the sharpshooter. He's 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 is Ramon giving up? Ramon gives up, and that's it. One, Yeah, the match is over. That was a really good back-and-forth match. It's too bad that Conan didn't want to see the ending of that. That was a really good finish. Uh, Scott Hall goes for a pinfall, right, kind of reverses the pinfall, and then once Scott Hall kicks out at two, Brett wraps his legs up into the sharpshooter, and that's it. Really good thing, Good match. It's just too bad Climbing can't watch it.
2: What, what I miss? Ha! Joke's on you. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> All right. So after that travesty, Scott Hall would never again challenge for the world title, as far as I know, in any sort of televised matches. The, for WWF. For WWF, yes. And so he would move on to what is considered, even to this day, to be one of the biggest storylines in the history of Monday Night Raw, Uh, one of the most shocking endings to a match, and it would begin a friendship with Sean Waltman that would last uh, the rest of Scott Hall's life. So leading into this
0: match, we have Sean Waltman, who's like 110 pounds soaking wet, this little uh, small, like really small wrestler, like 18 years old, but really, really quick in the ring. And he was doing some innovative stuff and around his hometown of Minnesota, he gets called up to the WWF to be a TV jobber. You know, the person who loses to the main event stars just to put them over. He was going around as the lightning kid. Uh, the kid he had a bunch of different names leading up to this point in this match. He's actually the lightning kid. And we are going to see the biggest upset in probably Monday night, uh, as you said, in Monday Night Raw history. Razor and the Purple Shorts, these are my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: Marks. You like the purple? They're good. Yep. Oh, razor.
0: razor hits the ring post after missing a clothesline. The kid goes to the top turmuckle. He goes a moonsault under Razor. One, two, three. What the hell just happened? First time in, like, WF history a jobber has beat a main event
2: star. He doesn't even have any music. Music at this point? No. He's just going to the
0: crowd. He can't believe it. The fans are shocked.
2: Scott is, uh, yeah, Razor's freaking out. and yeah people can't believe it this they would go on to have the uh famous ten thousand dollar match where razors like win or lose you come in i'll give you ten thousand dollars for another match and the finish to that is uh the kid just like skipping out running into a waiting car stealing the bad guy's money
0: sorry not to cut you off but the crazy thing
2: this match is that the kid Botches
0: a spot and he smacks his head off the concrete after a failed dive off the ropes and it looks like he's knocked out cold, legit. Like he's he actually is like knocked out cold. Razor got to pick him up and put him to the ring at one point, just dead weight. Um, the fact that the kid even finished a match, is incredible.
2: It is. Yeah. And, and it is, it's a very brutal looking fall. I think he actually does like a moonsault from the top row or the top turnbuckle to the outside slips and hits the concrete. And so, uh, so sean waltman doesn't remember anything in this match and it's just razor saying to him you know do this do that and you know um and really walking him through it and giving the shine to the one two three kid there's something that kevin nash used to always say about razor which was or scott hall i guess is that it didn't matter who he lost to he was bulletproof because he was just so cool so he would uh scott would always do these kinds of shines for like guys that you wouldn't think would get it from a guy of his stature. So it begins with Sean Waltman. He would go on in WCW to uh, do it for uh, uh, Chris Jericho, give Chris a a win when Chris was in the cruiserweight, and it it actually went uh, against what Eric Bischoff asked him to do in that match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Scott Hall said, listen, we're going to change the finish. This is what should happen, and I'll take the heat for it. And he did. What What a man
2: what a man and so after this little mini program with one two three kid the razor ramon character who's a bad guy becomes a uh laughing stock and the heels start making fun of him the million dollar man mocks him and this results in a very kind of unconventional babyface turn where um somehow razor comes out being a baby face at the end of this year, despite losing to a, a little you know Pip squeak of a kid and becomes the mockery of everybody else. Absolutely. So
0: now we have Razor Ramon. He was being cheered by the fans. It's so yeah, like that's amazing how that happened. He loses to one, two, three kid, and all of a sudden he, he's being cheered. That's it's incredible. Great, great storytelling. But uh yeah, so he's now face and um up, up to this point, Shawn Michaels has been the intercontinental champion. Um, Sean. Him and Marty Jannetty traded the belt back and forth in 1993, but for the most part, Shawn Michaels, uh, from the f- uh, the spring of 1993 until the fall of 1993, was the Intercontinental Champion. And now, uh, in real life, Sean fails a drug test. So now he's suspended. So they strip Sean of the Intercontinental Championship.
2: Babyface Razor, who the fans, they're loving him. I think he immediately becomes one of the top, you know, mid to main card guys, certainly during this era in 93 in the WWF. And so with the Venka title, they do this sort of unusual way of figuring out the new champion with a 20-man battle royal on Monday Night Raw, where the last two competitors will fight the week after for the championship
0: this is probably the only time this has ever happened in history
2: yeah i think so and just a little bit of trivia for you i'll uh, get this going here razor and those reds again the final four are the quebecers razor and the model rick martel and so the three heels are getting up on razor they're hugging. I, I love the Quebecers. Giving them a yes, smooth
0: Quebecers. Yeah, they're they're underrated
2: tag team for sure. <laughs> is Pco one of these guys? He is right. Pierre Roulette, Roulette, or no?
0: Oh, Pierre Roulette. Yeah. Uh, no, it's this is Jacques and. Um, Jacques Pierre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. right. Jacques Pierre.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, he's still wrestling. Amazing. Oh. Awesome spot. Razor holds onto the ropes. Three heels drop kick midair. Empty space. Now, what's Scott interesting kick. about this is that this is, Scott Hall is not known for his the Royal Rumble matches, as he's never been in a Royal Rumble. So, yeah, Scott was never in a, in a Royal Rumble, but he would go on to, you know, co-win this Battle Royal, and then he won a, uh, won a War Games, too. He did win a War Games, yes. Yeah. So it's a very classic booking where the baby face is just getting pummeled here. Pummeled, oh, yeah. Doesn't look like there's any chance. Like any good baby face, Razor knows how to get beat up well.
0: He knows how to sell, exactly. Razor looks half dead. He's just like being held up, dead weight by, by two of the, bad guys, two of the heels, while the third one just goes to town on him. Rick Martell doing jumping jacks right now, laughing at him, kicking Rick him. In Martel the gut.
2: Also, uh, Rick Martel also, Rick Martell's not in the Hall of Fame either. Did you know that? No, that's
0: wrong. Coco yeah. B wears the Hall of Fame. Rick Martell definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Rick Martel could be in the WWE. Uh, Rick Martel could be in the WWE Hall of Fame twice, a team in singles. As far as I'm concerned.
2: <laughs> yep. All right. So the Quebecers, they're gone now. They're and there you go. Up. That's it. So yeah, there it is. And now, and he's doing his cha-cha-cha thing. He's got so many cool mannerisms too.
0: Mannerisms, yes. Razor yeah. Ramon has a lot of cool mannerisms. Absolutely.
2: He's like he would saunter to the ring. <laughs> He wouldn't, you never see him jog. He's take his time. He'd come out, he'd do the surfboard thing.
0: I mean, I think Razor Moon throws probably the best punches. Yeah. In the history of professional wrestling behind. Or, you know what? Him, him and Kurt Angle are both the best at throwing punches.
2: Yeah. They're good enough that it's one of his like moves, like lift their chin up, spin around, and knock them down with a punch. And just cool, cool guy. So he would go on to win his first Intercontinental title match the following week when he's in his disgusting green outfit. It's just a really bad idea. I don't know who was behind that, but he's wearing those gross greens, and he beats the model for his first IC title match. And so shortly thereafter, Sean comes back, and Sean still has his title. And we are setting up what is a very famous match for WrestleMania, the ladder match. But it's very intriguing because, as I was saying earlier in the episode, Shawn never lost it. Razor, you know, is the new winner of it. And so they got to decide who's going to win. And for some reason, logistically, it just makes sense that they would have to go up a ladder and grab him from the sky.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny because the ladder match concept was invented by the Hertz up in Stampede Wrestling. And Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had a ladder match a year or two prior for a costume videotaping just to try the concept. And Shawn, I guess he liked it enough to steal it and use it for his WrestleMania match against Razor Ramon.
2: Yeah, I think Bret blames Vince for it because Bret, when he showed it to Vince, was like, once I do this, you gotta promise me I get to have the first match. And as I said before... For SummerSlam 92, if it wasn't going to be in the UK against uh, David Boy Smith, the idea was that it would be in D.C. and it would be a ladder match, Brett versus Sean. Didn't happen that way. What if, right? (laughs) What if indeed, because this ladder match would make not only Scott Hall's career, but it would make Sean's too in a losing effort. But they both came out legends, icons after this. There's so many iconic moments to it, but... Let's just take a little listen to some promos leading up to it. We should also mention that it's during this uh, Shawn Michaels return that Big Daddy Cool Diesel gets introduced into this as Shawn's first of many bodyguards. Male bodyguards. Sunday afternoon, March 20th, with an unprecedented match. And who better to give it to you than the main man himself, the heartbreak kid, the axis, in which the World Wrestling Federation revolves around. John Michaels, a ladder match, two belts hanging at the top of Madison Square Garden, along with all those people hanging from the rafters. The heartbreak kid is gonna be up there taking what is rightfully his—the IC belt. Yo, boy toy, you
1: sure the real champ?
2: I say I am. Too much confusion. WrestleMania
1: Ten, Chico. Somebody gonna decide if it takes a ladder, man. No problem. There's no rules, no ref, no time limit. Somebody, Chico,
2: leaves WrestleMania the real champ. No No time limit is right because, infamously, (laughs) they would go on to bump a match at WrestleMania because they uh, went way over their time limit. They did go way over their time limit, yeah. (laughs) But,
0: I mean, worth it? Because the tag match was, as I said, like it was a 10-man tag. It was a bunch of jobbers just thrown together just to get them on the card. So I think that the extra 10 minutes was, was well worth it to get um, a classic light like this.
2: How about this? If you could name, I already asked you this. If you could name 10 of the people in the match, I'll give you another 10 points. And if not, you got to do two shots right now. No chaser. <laughs> Did you take that deal?
0: All 10, huh? Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Are you ready? Do it up. One, two, three, kid. Cha ching. Yep. Jeff Jarrett.
2: IRS. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yep. The head shrinkers. Are you looking at something right now? Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Okay, so I All right. 5 so,
0: star. Yeah. Okay, uh, Bob Hawley? Sure, yeah. That's six. Tim Tosey, was he one of them?
2: No. No? Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think I'm going to get the rest of them.
2: You can't even venture a guess. You got um, one heel left, and you got a tag team and a single star. Smoking Guns? Both of these guys are not in the Hall of Fame. Rick Martell. That's right. You got one more. And now I'm going to give you one more guess. So either way, you got nine points. I'm giving you the nine points. If you get this wrong, just one shot. One more guess. Babyface. Not in the Hall of Fame. Naka. Okay. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Just like that, you're at 94 points. My God, we could be done next week. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) All right, so that detour aside, they did not get to wrestle because Sean and Razor went over, and it's an iconic match, and I think everybody's the better for it. You know, there's so many uh, different things that this match is remembered for. You see it in all highlight reels of both guys and just generally Sean flipping around, Razor standing up at the end with both belts but I really love the finish in this because it makes sense for it. Like how else is the match going to end? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. So what, so we'll take it off here. Now we're towards the end of the match is and this before
0: the splash. Oh, so this is the splash.
2: This is the, no. yep. This is the infamous splash here.
0: No, this is where he crushes him with the ladder. He takes the ladder. Oh yes. Yes. Sean's on the top rope. He has the ladder. Razor's on the ground.
2: John jumps on the ladder and just crushes Razor with the ladder. But he did that little roll through at the end so I think that's like, that was one of Sean's little tricks to make sure that he wasn't going to break any ribs or something. Mm-hmm. Sean fully mulleted here. These uh, Shawn Michaels trunks are probably my favorite of all time too. Yeah, they're probably yeah, they're they're pretty much his famous ones, I think. But he's got some nicer ones, too. I really like the ones that he wore at the 95 SummerSlam. The blue ones? The blue ones, yeah. 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 So Sean is now getting up, and Jerry Lawler talks about how, I mean, Sean and Razor, but Scott is just so cool because Sean, shoulder blocks him off. Sean gets his leg caught in the ropes.
0: Oh, yeah. Sean's leg. Yeah, he said he's tangled up in the two top ropes. He, is, he can't move. He's trapped. He's grasping onto the ladder. Razor is also grabbing onto the ladder. They're having a tug of war. But Sean, as I said, is trapped in the ropes. So now Razor sets the ladder up. Sean is frantically.
2: Desperately falling. trying to get out. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 this is the real genius part is the switch over to the arm, right? Because he, there he is, he's almost out again, yeah. right? But now his arm <laughs> is like, in,
0: and his arm is yeah, yeah. now his arm is deployed. Well, exactly. So good,
2: and then he times it perfectly. Razor gets it, falls to the ground. Sean gets out, dives for the ladder. It's too late. Razor wins the iconic match. What I was gonna say is at the beginning of the match, like they must have talked this out because Sean comes out and does the no, no, no and avoids walking underneath the ladder so what does scott do when he comes out walks under the ladder surfboards under that ladder like a cool son of a bitch I cannot believe it. so we didn't get to this in this match but diesel kevin nash is in the beginning of this match and he gets kicked out but what happens shortly after this i think you know maybe the next program is there's sort of a role reversal where sean stops wrestling and diesel is the guy and so diesel goes into a program with razor and i guess that's kind of where we pick it up next week is that right Absolutely. The rise of 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 kevin nash bishop it's another great episode this is going to be a very interesting timeline i'm looking forward to it thank you once again thank you see you next week Thanks. fish. See ya. Cheers. I gotta give you the last word. You gotta say something. (laughs)
0: Later, buddy. Have a good one. All right.